Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today I'm hosting Dr. Sandra Barrett. She's a biochemist and the author of Secrets of Your Cells, Discovering Your Body's Inner Intelligence. Sandra, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Oh, thanks, Justine. In talking about cells, um, oh, what a, what a huge subject! Because uh, you talk about the science of cells, and this architecture of cells, but you also talk about the in in your book about the magic of this microscopic substance or or architecture or place in our bodies. And can you say something about the importance of what our cells have to teach us? Well, first of all, we are cells are us. If we were a store, uh, we're made up of trillions, and it, our cells can teach us lessons that they've had to do their functions uh, to thrive. One is uh, creating sanctuary. Our cells need community. They are, if you think about one cell, is like a whole industry. It's able to reproduce, it's able to make proteins, it's able to protect itself, it's able to distinguish danger or not, safety. So it's got a capability just in one. It thrives by staying whole in itself. It needs, however, others in a body like us. It needs community. Cells that don't uh, connect with other cells will program themselves to die. Uh, cells remember. So if we think, of, it's not just the lessons that they can teach us. I, I've been, you know, I'm an information junkie. So I always want to know how they work rather than, well, what can I do? from uh, learning from what my cells can do. So when I think about, well, cells remember, they not just have a genetic memory, but we can train our cells. So how do they remember an example? Suppose you wanna learn how to meditate or learn how to go into a state of relaxation. It's difficult, it's not easy for us to get there. But what if, and, and basically what I talk about in the book or evidence, scientific studies, early studies with meditation were teaching people how to meditate, and then when they reached that relaxed state, to smell a unique scent like lavender. So if we think about how we can train ourselves and how they can build up a memory, I'm learning to meditate, I, when I get into that state, I smell lavender. Oh, and we have these yoga mudras. We touch our thumb and our first finger together. That's another anchor. So the senses give us anchors that we start creating a memory track, if you will, that, oh, all I need to do is uh, touch my fingers together and I move into a state of relaxation. Cells embrace one another. They need each other to thrive. They, they don't live in isolation, do they? They don't live in isolation. They, they it, need community. They need community. If you put one cell in a Petri dish, it's going to program itself to die. 
cells that don't connect with other cells in the brain program themselves to die. And also what's also interesting is the thymus, which is the primary immune organ, cells that can threaten the self, that, that destroy the self, will also be programmed to die. Well, they'll be eliminated before we're born. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. You talk about white blood cells as being very heroic. Uh, so to, how, are the, how are white blood cells heroic? Well, our, we've got a family of white blood cells, and they're heroic because they're able to recognize danger. They're able to recognize anything that shouldn't be inside us. So they can go after viruses, they can go after bacteria and fungus, and they recognize the danger, and they will destroy, uh, eliminate it, the ultimate recycle. So they're heroes in one knowing to do that, and some of the white blood cells actually, you know, end up dying because of taking care of business. But then they're easily replaced. So, and you talk about cells living in the now. And we're, we're taught, like, the work of Eckhart Tolle and, and so many other people, uh, Richard Moss, really talk about living in the present moment. I mean, it's a deep, deep spiritual practice. And how does that relate to ourselves? Well, if we think, I mean... When people are beginning to get into a spiritual practice, it feels like an intellectual exercise, be in the now. Well, I can't be in the now. For me, being in the now became easier when I started thinking of my cells because everything I feed them in terms of I'm worrying about this boyfriend or am I going to get the job I want or anything we imagine, we're feeding ourselves with information that's useless to them, we put them in the warrior mode. They have to fight or flight. However, again, for me, I start thinking, oh, how do I get into the now? I don't need to be worrying about something three weeks from now or three years ago. So it it becomes easier thinking that anything that we're engaged in is flooding ourselves with the chemistry and changing their activities. It's like we have this internal pharmacy. Uh, we make our own kind of uh, prescriptions, don't we? Perfect. That's a perfect analogy. Yeah. How are we going to fill the pharmacy? Do I want to fill the pharmacy with being in a pleasant state of remembering being grateful for now? Or do I want to send them all these stress hormones? It really is an option, and I think it becomes, it certainly became easier for me um, coming back to the present, thinking about what I'm feeding them rather than what my mind is doing. So even thinking about what we're feeding ourselves, it made me think, um, like after reading your book, I, I really started to look at my eating habits and look at, you know, you, you hear all of these techniques about chew every bite and how many times or think about your food. And it's been really hard for me. I, I just, it's not an easy thing for me to do. But after reading your book, I notice I, if I think about my cells inside and I start to just taste my food and and just imagine in my my mind all of this nutrition going to f- 
feed my cells and I send it with uh, gratefulness. I'm saying, I'm so grateful. You're so good to me. And here's some good nutrition for you. And I mean, I, I mean, this may seem silly, but you know, that's, it's kind of a change for me. I, it was a change for me too. Uh, you know, it's thinking because we can't see ourselves, they don't, they're abstract. But I think once you start getting into relationship, like you're doing, we start getting into relationship, you know, we've got a whole team with us. I, you know, I'm, I'm not alone. Not really. <laughs> you know, I've got trillions of characters here listening to me or taking me to go buy bread <laughs> or something like that. It, it's a total shift in consciousness. So it's important, like, to take it to, like, for me, not to sit at my computer for too long a period of time, but take my cells out for a walk, get some fresh air. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, because if we think we're in relationship rather than, most of us tend to have our minds run us. I, I certainly do. Uh, the original name for the book I was giving, Romancing Your Cells, because when we see we're in partnership with something else and the, the care of care and feeding of these cells, the spiritual care and feeding, again, it made it easier for me. Uh, it doesn't get, make it easier for me to get up from my computer. But really, we, we, our cells are at effect of the choices we make, uh, whether we sit at our computer for long yeah. periods of time or what we eat, or how much sleep we get. I mean, it, they are at effect of our choices. Everything we do influences them. They have, no, they have nothing to do other than to respond to what we do. And they are amazing how quickly they respond to how many messages all the time. I mean, you talk about picoseconds, that they, they receive information and they make a decision in, in a trillionth of a second, which I, I just can't conceive of. Uh, it's no way that I can hold what that really means. I can't hold it either. And if you think of each one of these tiny, it takes probably 10,000 cells to fit on the head of a pin. Each one of them is doing at least a thousand biochemical reactions. They've done a million since I've started saying that. It's amazing. How can amazing. You do that? And then um, you also, you've done some photographs of, of cells, and they've been used in magazines like Scientific American and other places. And you uh, have correlated some of those, that microscopic photography, with things that have been imagined by our ancestors on cave walls. Can you say something about that sacred art that crosses over these boundaries of knowing? Well, you know, one is when we, we talk about the Sri Yantra, the Amandala thought to express the universe. Well, if you look at the Mandala, if you look at that, the structure of it looks like a geodesic dome, which is man's construction. But if you also look at the computer graphic model of DNA, it looks very much like DNA from the top down. Um, so you begin to see, you start questioning whether this will ever be proven. You start questioning where did sacred art come from? Where did the structures come from? Uh, when I was in the Southwest and I photographed a medicine wheel, uh, I thought, 
well, I know we've called it a medicine wheel, but I could see that as an abstract drawing of a cell just as easily. It's got the center nucleus. It's got things on the outside that could be receptor sites. Um, it's got these structures that can point to the, direct, the four directions, which also that same kind of structure of three tubes directs the cell. So there's lots of correspondences that, you know, if you're interested in it or inclined to see that, you say, well, did the sacred art come from people originally visioning, uh, like Jeremy Narby talks about, the ayahuasqueros uh, visioning DNA in the plants and the plants speaking to them. Uh, Leonard Slane talked about the artist seeing concept in physics before the physicists saw it. So it's not a unique idea to me. It's been out in the universe, people starting to say, can we see the sacred art? So you may be saying that our cells are really speaking to us in a larger voice than than what we may may have thought before, uh, that they've really been speaking to us for eons. Absolutely. Absolutely. We just haven't known to listen. And um, they listen to each other, and maybe they're teaching us how to listen better. They huh? are. That's what they're trying to get. That's why they told me to write this book, if they did. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I just, I want we could go on and on. There's so much to talk about, but I, I encourage people to look up the book. It's called Secrets of Your Cells. Discovering Your Body's Inner Intelligence by Dr. Sondra Barrett. She spells her name S-O-N-D-R-A-B-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can go to her website, sondrabarrett.com, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org, and find out more about the fascinating journey of both the science and the spirituality of ourselves. Thank you so much for being with us, Sandra. Oh, thanks so much, Justine, for having me here. My name is Justine Willis-Toms, and I thank you for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please, join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org.